This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Being a parent can be really challenging. It's normal to feel uncertain about whether you're doing the right things to raise healthy and happy children. That's why Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them build confidence in their parenting journey. Everyone deserves to have someone they can turn to for support with parenting. Visit ChildAndFamilyResourceNetwork.org today. Hello and welcome to episode 150 of Tararoni Like. And on this episode I'll be talking to Heather Turkington who is an actress, a singer and a drama therapist. And that's mainly what we'll be talking about. This week has been quite an amazing experience for me. I just went down to Le Hinch initially to do a bit of surfing. Well, do a surfing lesson uh, with a group of friends. And that I did, and I loved it. Absolutely brilliant. It was uh, Ben's surfing school, I think, in Le Hinch. And a guy called Richie, I believe, uh, oh, it was really good. I did actually get up on the board maybe three, four times really properly. And uh, it, that's, uh, it's probably only seconds, but it feels fantastic when you get right standing up on that board. Um, and I uh, went for a few dips in the sea, but uh, decided then I'd go down south with a couple of people who wanted to keep on going and so we went down to dingle with a couple of friends and um oh, what was it on the sunday on the monday we went rock climbing they asked me if i wanted to go i'd never done it before i went out uh on the kind of cliff face um did three climbs a fella called noel was the instructor i think it's Ireland Adventures or something, uh, rock climbing and they do kayaking as well. But it was fucking unbelievable. I really want to do it again. I'm covered in cuts and scrapes and uh, my arms were really aching the next day. 
and they were aching actually already from the surfing just from the pushing up on the board uh but uh it was amazing and a beautiful it was a beautiful day but it was so hot that it was actually great to be out on the edge of the coast where there was a bit of a breeze and so did three climbs and at times i was cursing and going what the fuck and what am i gonna do here because you're looking for little holes for your hands and places to put your foot and uh, a couple of times i slipped but you've got a rope you know that catches you so you don't actually fall and break your legs or anything like that um uh, but i didn't feel any fear that way uh about things because i guess noel just was a very trustworthy fella and a great instructor um uh so that was amazing and then i decided to keep on going myself and go down to Carter Savine and even further than Carter Savine I went to Port McGee and even on to Valencia Island and I met a couple of friends down there and uh, a fellow called Sean O'Leary who is a storyteller and has a herd of goats which he milks himself and he tells goats 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 I'm gonna say goat stories he tells stories with his goats um they're not stories about goats. And he, that was, that was, uh, I hung out with him and another friend of mine, Holly Woollett. And, uh, we had a good old time. And then, and then I said, well, I guess I better go back home. So I came back home very late on Tuesday night. In fact, Wednesday morning, to be honest. Uh, but it was a bit an adventure. I, I thought I was only going to go for a, you know, a day or two. But uh, I kept on going. The weather was fantastic and got to see a bit of the country. Uh, so I really want to go away again. Might go to Donegal next. But what a time I had. And I was down in Carsavina. I bumped into Pat Short, who had been working with only a week previously, shooting some um, stand-up and sketches and stuff, which will be streamed sometime in maybe September or August or whatever. And, uh, yeah, some good stuff coming up. I'm actually going to do a feature film in August as well. And I am doing a, another streamed event next Friday in, um, well, I'll tell you all about it. That's in me. Then I'll be, uh, interviewing a few people and reading a poem, a Seamus Heaney poem called The Wishing Tree. Uh, yeah, so, uh, I do uh, another podcast, which is a sketch podcast. Uh, we finished, actually, done six episodes, and the last one was a musical. And here's a little clip of that. Many people seem to have been caught unaware when the division fences were erected. The government said these actions now would save lives later. I don't think I can longer live in this community. The vaccination has resulted in such disunity. How naive to presume there would be herd immunity. I just want Allie and me to be all alone. Separation has resulted in anxiety. Our dreams woken up by sobriety. Don't want to be part of this society. We should really start a herd of our own. 
Protesters on both sides have torn down the fences. The curfew has been abandoned. There were some scuffles, but people who had become separated by the fences have been reunited. We can avoid all the contagion. With self-imposed self-isolation. And with every ejaculation. We can establish our own little nation. Let's escape this world, it's so obscene. Live our lives in beautiful quarantine. Build ourselves a little home. And finally have a heart of our own. And that is called DIC TV Radio. And you get it on Spotify, iTunes, anywhere that you can listen to podcasts and it's good it's a sketch comedy podcast and the sixth episode is a musical and of course uh Potteroni is on the headstuff podcast network and there are so many amazing podcasts on that it's mind-blowing but here's one of them okay it's jibs here from pints of malt so our podcast is basically group of Irish Nigerian lads who tell their stories growing up in Ireland as well as Nigeria and we share our experiences with all of y'all we also had a bit of comedy as well you know to get y'all laughing get y'all through the week in these tough times that we are in so y'all sit back and just you know enjoy the show as Jib said we're the Pints of Mott podcast you can find us on all streaming platforms including the Headstuff Network so many on there that uh, will keep you going if you're going on a journey or if you want to listen to something as you go to sleep at night or whatever. There's some brilliant podcasts and it's a good idea to support Irish podcasts, isn't it? Yeah, of course it is. Of course the bleeding is. Ah, uh, right, yeah. So uh, here's my chat with the very wonderful Heather Turkington. <laughs> Okay, well, I'm talking to Heather Turkington, and uh, Heather, um, you started off doing drama when you were young, yeah? I did, I did. Um, I was I was one of those theatre kids, and I did my drama GCSE, and I was in all the, the festivals and all the rest of it, um, mm. and I was well on my way to kind of becoming an actor or whatever, And but I always kind of knew that I there was just something different that I wanted to do mm. and I, I couldn't figure out what it was. So I did a few things like I did community theater and I had my own kind of theater group where I traveled around schools and community centers and did kind of like issue based workshops and theater pieces and that sort of thing. Mm. Um, but still something missing. Um, so it wasn't actually until I was about 26 that I realized there was a thing called drama therapy. Um, I was in, I was living in Australia at the time and um, yeah, I, I Googled, I think the words drama and therapy because those were the two things I was really interested in in life and mm-hmm. the things that I was kind of like, should I do one? Should I do the other? And um, it turned out that if you join the two words together, it's an actual job. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
So I was just like, okay, that is what I'm going to do with my life. I'm 26, still haven't figured out what the flip I'm going to be at for the next kind of 40 years or so. Um, I think this might be it. Um, so it was a big kind of reason that I moved home because obviously can't afford international fees. That's mad. Um, mm. And there was one course in Ireland at that point. Unfortunately, it doesn't exist anymore. So we're trying to get another one sorted, but that's for later. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I did that course. It was a two years master's and oh, I graduated when I was 30. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was 2018. Um, oh. I feel really old now. I, um, I thought you were younger, actually. You look younger. Brilliant. I love that. Okay. I'll, I'll take that joke. <laughs> Um, no, but it's true. I'm, I'm not just, uh, not, it's not just flattery here, but, um, <laughs> so, uh, so what do, what did that course entail? Now, what, what was different about that than learning just drama, just doing a drama course? Yeah. So this is a question that comes up time and time again in my work, I think. And, um, because everyone's like, oh, you're a drama teacher. Oh, oh, you're, you're a therapist. Oh, you, you work with trauma. No drama. You know, like there's so many kind of misconceptions. Um, so basically the way I usually explain it is that I am a therapist. Um, I'm a psychotherapist. Um, but I use drama and kind of, um, creative techniques to implement therapy, basically to do therapy. Um, so a lot of our work would kind of be like, uh, a, a lot of non-verbal kind of stuff so we're not a talking therapy per se um, and it really fits well with kind of people who maybe are not ready to talk about certain things that have happened in their lives or um, people who you know can't communicate um, the way uh, a lot of people around them do you know that sort of thing um, so you know there, there's there's a lot of people that talking therapy does work for, but I think equally there's a lot of people that non-talking therapy works for as well. And that's kind of where, where the creative therapies come in, come in like drama therapy. I'm interested in the whole non-verbal thing. Now I've, t- I've probably spoke about this maybe once or twice in the podcast, but I did a clown, uh, clowning course for a week, just for a week. Right. Uh, and, and that's non-verbal. Um, and that's, uh, after that week, um, I felt like I'd been through therapy because there was a lot of trying to communicate non-verbally with people and looking at them and, and uh, just purely uh, one-to-one looking in someone's eyes. Like, it can make you very emotional. Yeah, I think it's, it's a real, it can be a really intense thing. Um, but I think equally for people who maybe don't communicate the way everyone else around them does like everyday communications is a really intense thing because that's not their method of communication. So it's about finding everyone's different languages, I suppose. Um, whereas society in general doesn't do that. Society in general is very much about, you know, like let's get up and public speak and be really social and that sort of thing. Whereas not everyone is like that. Um, so drama therapy kind of uh, gives space for people to communicate in their own way. And, you know, it can be really like refreshing, I think, for a lot of people um, because they can just completely communicate as themselves rather than we all do it like this kind of persona that you 
that you put on um kind of in in social situations or in public situations you know that sort of thing so all right um so are you uh how, how are you working with people are is there a group situation or one to one it can be both um so at the moment i'm working mostly one to ones i'm working in a male uh residential slash nursing facility for men um living with mental ill health mm-hmm. in County Armagh um and a lot of that just for many many different reasons is is a one-to-one basis but drama therapy actually works really really well in the group and that would be kind of the first port of call that you would go to um mm. but um yeah so I would work with a lot of kind of I've, I've worked with with families who've been bereaved recently groups of different families kind of coming together who have been bereaved and and worked in group situations there um I've worked with people uh with autism in groups as well and you know equally they, they're very good at working one-to-one um so we are really really client kind of led and person-centered so it really kind of depends on what is going to work best for the person that we're working with um or Mm. the people that we're working with or what kind of um issues are within a certain group can we kind of like bring a certain group of people together um or will they work better one-to-one and that's all part of the process is working out exactly you know what is going to be good for this person slash group of people yeah I'm still trying to get my head around it, but like, I mean, are you talking about a group, say, say a family, uh, dealing with bereavement? Are they going to act out something? Are they going to act out a scene? No, so I think direct kind of acting out, that's a different type of therapy. That, that's, that's psychodrama. Um, whereas drama therapy is very indirect. So we work a lot with stories, with myths. We would use kind of masks. We would use um, kind of a lot of, um, there's a technique called embodiment projection and role. And you go through these kind of three three areas. So uh, it's kind of all about, you know, sensory kind of things and really kind of getting into your body, um, really kind of grinding yourself. and and yeah, like I think a lot of times whenever we're working with stories, people will automatically choose stories that and they don't even realize they're doing it. But every time I work with stories, it's so, oh, my word, it's gorgeous. Like they mm-hmm. actually pick stories that they are going to connect with it with like really well in the next kind of few weeks or however many sessions that we have scheduled um, and the themes and issues within that story. Um are usually ones that they subconsciously really, really need to work with um, and feel like they're ready to work with as well. You know, drama therapy is very gentle in the fact that it will never kind of be like, right, you need to like face this traumatic situation that you've never dealt with before, you know, and Mm -hmm. uh, you need to do it all now. It's not like that. You know, it might take weeks, months, years sometimes to kind of get to a point where, a service user or a client can deal with that healthily um, and that's fine um, mm. because it's all about them um, and we would use a lot of kind of like masks and puppet work and sand trays and 
Oh, it's so much fun, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> a fun job. I love it. Like, I really, really adore it. Um, yeah, it sounds great. Uh, um, you know, I love doing, it's not that often I do, but I do workshops maybe for improv or as I said, I did the clown thing and it's great to get a chance to, uh, act out stuff. Yeah. And it's weird what comes out of your head. <laughs> Yeah, and I think improv kind of is one of those things that can really touch. Oh, I remember being so scared of improv when I was way. I hated it. I absolutely mm-hmm. hated it because I was so scared of what would actually come out, I think. Um, yeah. In your head, you're like, oh, gosh, no, I'm too weird for this. Like, yeah. Know, <laughs> something awful will come out that I've never told anyone or, you know, I'll just say something really, like, awkward and it'll won't be able to cover it up or whatever yes. um, so yeah like I hated it and um, I probably still have a little thing where I'm like I can't I can't I can't cope with improv <laughs> yeah but I think then I drama therapy is kind of different in the way that you know if there's kind of improv involved in that if the service user is happy to kind of do that it is the safest space possible because you're in control you know there's not a million people or you know even four or five people sitting there watching you usually if, if it's one-to-one specifically you know it's it's just you and the therapist um so yeah and and you know that you're working through stuff you're meant to say that awkward kind of like um stuff that hasn't come out before that's and and then you kind of go oh what was that you know let's deal with that whereas kind of maybe in a normal improv group it would be like oh, I have to leave that hanging now and that's going to haunt me for the rest of my life. I think I've done that a few times. It's a bit awkward, yeah, because it, I, I think if you're going through a, a situation, a breakup or or uh, something, a bereavement, yeah, that kind of stuff will come out. Even in comedy, yeah, it'll come out. Yeah, because it's at the forefront of your head. It's not something that's just going to disappear because you're on stage. Always something really big like that, like a breakup or a bereavement, like you say, they're, they're things that are just like, you can't think about anything else at that point. They're all encompassing. And you're just like, how am I going to talk about anything else? How am I going to be like funny? How am I going to do any of this stuff whenever all I can think of is about how sad I am? But that can be, uh, uh strangely funny. Um, dark humor is probably the best humor, you know? This is very true. This is very true. Um, I'm not sure I've quite coined it, but <laughs> leave that to the professionals like you, Joe. No, yeah, that's really interesting. The mask thing is interesting. That, that was part of the clown thing uh, as well. Uh, I guess there's an amazing uh, freedom if you've got a mask on. You, you... Yeah, we we actually did um, a few weeks of kind of clowning as well within our yeah. within our master's course as well. And I don't know, you think of clowns and you think... Well, depending on your opinion of clowns, you either think funny or scary. Mm. But I'm sure maybe you find this with, with your client work, but I have never, it was so moving, like the, the work that actually came out of, of clowning and so poignant and so gentle. And it was a really kind of um, surprising experience um, because all we were doing was putting a nose on. Me too, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you were just, I don't know how it happened, but you were entered into this really kind of just, I don't know, really lovely world that you didn't even know existed. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of the only clowning work I've ever done. But um, it's definitely something that I would love to kind of um, 
like read up on at least, you know, because it, it was just such a lovely experience. But uh, um, what, well, what, sorry, what I Heather, I found tough about it is that uh, you weren't allowed to fake it, uh, and I was the worst at trying to fake it. And, and that, uh, what I mean, fake it is put on a, an act or something. You had to be kind of yourself, even though you had a red nose on. It was kind of you had to have some kind of truth. I don't know. It's very hard to explain this, but every time I tried to fake it, the teacher would go, stop, start again, you know, and it was, oh, so hard for me, you know. I don't think it's enough of a mask to kind of be like, oh, I can completely be a different person, like, because you are just like, it's this nose, what I'm meant to do, really. Uh, it, it took me a while to kind of even understand it. You know, I just felt like I'm standing there awkwardly with a red nose on me going, I don't know what I'm doing at all. Um, but yeah, you're right. Um, and with it's, it's different with mask work um, because a lot of mask work, and it's it's really poignant stuff as well, but in a different way. Um, and it's about kind of exploring different, you're exploring kind of different sides of yourself, different um, kind of... Um, maybe characters that you didn't even know existed and emotions that you didn't know were there, um, that sort of thing. So you you can actually physicalize those. And it's your choice whether you actually kind of choose to put the mask on. Um, that's actually quite a rare thing in drama therapy because that, be, that can be quite intense. So mm-hmm. a lot of the time you kind of always have this arm's length um, at a safe kind of distance until you're kind of ready to come a little bit closer to that side of yourself um that you've kind of found out by physicalizing it onto this mask um wow. so it can be absolutely beautiful work as well and and finding out what that character is and um giving kind of words and um and, and colors to it and and physicality in general um yeah it can really kind of help you get to know sides of yourself that you didn't know were there so that is gorgeous work within drama therapy um and yeah i i love using it sounds amazing because you're right um there's a lot of emphasis on verbalizing stuff in western society anyway and physical uh is is just as good if not a better way to kind of get to things that you're trying that you find hard to touch on in yourself i suppose yeah and it's 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 harder to, you were talking about faking things, like it's harder to fake things when you're physicalizing, I think. Because um, mm-hmm. lots of people are good at talking, I think. Mm-hmm. And lots of people are really good talkers and can talk their way out of anything and can, you know, uh, I think physicalizing is a lot more of an honest way of communicating sometimes because it's a lot more difficult to lie um and mm-hmm. I think it like comes in where people are like looking at your body language like you know those body language experts that look at people whenever they're talking to see if they're lying you know because it's really really hard to fake that so yeah once you kind of really get into that method of communicating it's a deeper level mm-hmm. that um that's really kind of gorgeous to delve into sometimes so Right. And um, you grew up in Northern Ireland. Do you think there's a lot of trauma people are dealing with from from what has happened in, in Northern Ireland over the last 30 years or 40 years? Oh, Joe, like there is so, so much. Yeah. Um, and I see it everywhere. I see it within 
my family I see it with like my friends and their families like there's no getting away from it here that's that's our history that's our long-term history and our short-term history um, mm-hmm. and it's something we're only kind of starting to get out of now even though you know it's still everywhere it's yeah. still kind of all-encompassing um, and a lot of people I work with um, would have been very badly affected by the troubles as well and a lot yeah. of people in my personal life um, so I am really really interested in transgenerational trauma um, and that I, I, I really need to, to read up on that more because I do think it's something that is really real in our country um, because we've been so traumatized over the last like 40 50 years um, that and, it, and it even even uh, people who are younger people who were born after the peace process it's still affecting them through their parents you know handed down yeah that's it um and i i was reading something the other day about transgenerational trauma and it's basically like it begins in the womb like so whatever kind of undealt with stuff that um that you're this is getting really deep now but what that you know you're is within your family um mm. that is going to pass on to you because it's part of your family genetics at that point it hasn't been let out it hasn't been dealt with um and it's gonna pass on to you um so yeah and I think it's up to kind of our generation and us to to take responsibility for that and and sort of sort ourselves out basically all right and try and break the break the chain or whatever break the chain and that is why I'm such a big advocate for oh I would have the whole country in therapy if I could. I really, really would because I think we all need it. Um, mm. And I think I felt like I was quite a well-rounded person before I started therapy. Mm. And I, I started therapy when I was training to be a therapist. We had to be in therapy. And it wasn't until after that that I realized, wow, I've needed this for so long. And it's what, five five years later now and I'm, I'm still in therapy and I'm still working through so much stuff and every week I come out of it realizing how much is actually under there that keeps kind of like getting uncovered but only when I'm ready and mm. I think that's a sign of a good therapist as well whenever you're just like no we'll not we'll not open that door yet you know like not unless you're ready for it um yeah so there's a good few doors that that I still need to open. And yeah, <laughs> I would love everyone to be able to kind of go through that process as well. But I think trauma is something that is really good work. Like drama therapy is really good for working with it as well, because, you know, a lot of people don't even know they have it. A lot of people don't want to talk about it or can't talk about it yet. Um and that's the amazing thing about creative therapies like you don't need to um you can work through it non-verbally or whatever way you kind of feel is right basically um if you want to talk about it you can as well um there's no kind of hard and fast rules saying no you're not allowed to sit and chat for five minutes about something um but yeah it's i love how client-led it is in that sense yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds amazing. And I don't know if there's any, um, if that's available around in the South as well, but, um, 
there's actually more drama therapists in the south than there are in the north because we um we we trained in the south and Minuth in Kildare oh um, really Minuth yeah 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 so but that course actually uh, ended the year we graduated which is so sad um yeah. so yeah they're at at the moment there are no drama therapy courses in northern ireland or in ireland at all yeah. um mm-hmm. so I'm I'm pushing some doors at the minute, and it's looking quite likely that in the next few years there's going to be one. Um, oh, cool! So I'm really excited about that. So keep your keep your eyes peeled for that one because it is going to happen. It just is probably going to take a couple of years. Um, because I I really felt strongly about making sure that one was going to happen, and there are a good few people around who feel strongly like that as well. So yeah. there are a few of us who are very um determined that it's going to and um, so brilliant going into that yeah that's brilliant and are you doing any acting and singing at the moment yourself apart from oh i am whenever i can whenever i can uh joe so yeah whatever i'm not kind of like i don't really like actively go and seek it a lot of my life at the minute i'm i'm such a, a drama therapy nerd right now like yeah. a lot of my life is kind of uh dedicated at the minute to either providing drama therapy or advocating for it. Um, mm. You know, because another thing I'm really passionate about is getting drama therapy and creative arts therapies into the healthcare service, um, into the NHS, basically. So that that's another thing that um, that picks up a lot of my time, I think. Um, but yeah, I sing. I sing in a... a I do a lot of backing vocals, so I would sing in a country band um, based in Wexford. I sing in a wedding band based in Belfast. And, yeah. you know, if anyone wants me to sing at weddings, I'll do that. But I don't actively go looking for it. It's just like, I love it so much. So it's just whenever the opportunity comes, I'm like, yeah, sure. Um, okay. Well, listen, thanks for having the chat. Is there, is there any, do you think uh, there's anything people could do to, to, um, to, um, preserve or, or help their mental health just in general um. yeah um, so I, I would struggle like that's something I'm not I think people kind of need to be more vocal about if they're ready mm. um, about mental health and I'm not kind of ashamed to say that I would struggle with mine so I'm always kind of looking for things to to help me um so as I said earlier like this is my obvious one I'm like just go to therapy just find you might not find the therapist that you're meant to be with first of all it doesn't have to be creative arts therapy doesn't so there's drama therapy music therapy um art therapy uh there's dance movement therapy there's Mm -hmm. expressive arts therapy you know there's so many creative arts therapies out there but there's also kind of like CBT might work for you or counseling might work for you you know Mm. it's all part of kind of like the holistic kind of mental health help that is out there so find what works for you just Mm -hmm. see what resonates with you in your body like drama was always my thing so I was just like Mm. well it makes sense for me to be slash go to a drama therapist um Mm. and say yeah so find what works for you and and go for it and you might not click with your therapist for a while Mm. keep at it for a couple of weeks and if it still doesn't just you know it's okay to move on as well so don't lock yourself into a therapeutic relationship that you're not happy with because that's not doing anyone any favors um 
my second one is one that I found recently, actually two that, that have helped me. And um, I've kind of recently started doing a lot of meditation and that has done wonders for me. Like I just start the day off on a completely different level than I used to now. Whenever I meditate, I'm not saying I do it every morning because sometimes I wake up about five minutes after I'm meant to be in work. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of days it doesn't happen. But when it does, yeah, it's it, uh, okay. Anyway, listen, it was brilliant chatting to you, and it's really good to uh, to uh, see you again. Because uh, yeah, you too. Lovely um, to connect again, and having a chat with Heather Turkington and I love her accent I could listen to her all day she probably as most people do hates their own accent when they hear it back or their own voice or whatever uh, because it's just unusual when you hear your own voice back because you're used to listening to yourself in your head and it sounds different when you're listening to it as somebody else but I love I love her accent just 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 want to put that out there if you're listening Heather love your accent so uh that's it for today. I I I'm not sure how I have on next. I think um I'm I've been uh, interviewing uh, directors and actors for the last 3 podcasts and perhaps I will do that for the next 3 and then switch it around to musicians for a while. And on that bombshell, goodbye. Good bye. Being a parent can be really challenging. It's normal to feel uncertain about whether you're doing the right things to raise healthy and happy children. That's why Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them build confidence in their parenting journey. Everyone deserves to have someone they can turn to for support with parenting. Visit ChildAndFamilyResourceNetwork.org today.